Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially independent. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and start to live the life they truly desire. Get ready to be uncomfortable. It's not easy to unpack our thoughts and behaviors, but we will learn so much about ourselves in the process. I'm super excited for you to join me on this journey. Let's do this. Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I want to talk about our culture's obsession with things. I was inspired to talk about this because I just recently started noticing that my closet is exploding and it's giving me serious anxiety every time I walk by it. And this goes for my kids' rooms too, by the way. They, total side note, but they grow so fast and we're still holding on to things that are two sizes too small and I just haven't had the time to go through everything lately. My oldest son just turned five and we still have pants that are size four and he's on the taller side so he's literally wearing like capri pants when he puts them on and I'm just like I'm gonna go with this right now (laughs) but we do have to switch over closets it's just stressful but back to my stuff honestly half the stuff I keep in my closet are things that I don't actually wear but I just like to have them it makes me feel better it's almost like this weird sense of security knowing that it's there like the dress that I wore to my rehearsal dinner before my wedding which I definitely can't fit into anymore and is definitely out of style, yet I won't let it go. Last year, I did a pretty substantial clean out of all my clothes and I got rid of a bunch of things, but there there are just some things that I struggle letting go of for emotional reasons, even though I know that I'm never going to wear it again, like the dress. When I dig into this a little more, It's like I'm trying to preserve a part of who I was nine years ago because my world has changed so much since then. And sometimes when things get really intense, I wish I could go back there. But that's not reality, right? Before I had kids, if I got something that was new and nice, I would treasure it. I would take super good care of it and I would make sure that whenever I used it, I was really careful and I would put... I would, I would always put it back where it belonged. But since having kids, I've had no choice but to let go of things, right? I had this Tiffany silver bead bracelet. You guys know what I'm talking about. It was like very popular 10, 15 years ago. And my husband bought it for me probably around 15 years ago at this point. And within two minutes of grabbing it, my son broke it and there were beads all over the floor. They just roll into the corners of the room and under the bed and stuff. I literally just found another bead on the floor last night. And the, and the other thing they love to do is get into my makeup. We'll be brushing our teeth and I turn my head for one minute and they're making towers with different sized containers on the bathroom sink and then knocking it all down with my mascara. I used to have much nicer makeup, but for this reason alone, I haven't walked into a Sephora in years. It's just not worth it to me. But the thing is, even though things have changed, I'm still essentially holding my objects on a pedestal. I do it all the time with clothes. I have this white sweater that I got a few months ago that I refuse to wear because I'm afraid I'm going to ruin it. 
like I'll rip it or I'll spill on it or the kids will literally wipe their faces on it. So it just sits there with its tag still on. So I have a couple of observations here about my own ridiculous behavior. The first is I'm putting way too much value into an object. So true, but why? Again, and I've said this before, I think this is just a play on my own insecurities. If I have the sweater, which is new and clean and on trend, then other people will think a certain way about me and therefore must want to be my friend, right? But I need to ask myself, if I lost this thing tomorrow, or in my case, if my kids wiped ketchup on it and then rubbed Play-Doh all over it, does it materially impact my life? No, it doesn't. It's a sweater. I have other sweaters. Having or not having this one is not going to impact who I am as a person. It's not going to cure cancer or it's not going to make COVID go away. It's not going to allow me to connect with other people or bring me fulfillment, right? Which is what I really want right now. It's just a sweater. The second observation that I have is that I don't actually feel worthy enough to wear it. So this one pretty much hits the nail on the head here. I mean, I'm rarely leaving my house these days. I'm overwhelmed pretty often with life, juggling the kids, work, marriage, extended family, and I have gained my fair share of the COVID-19 over the last year from stress, all from stress. I'm feeling like, who cares what I look like? Why bother wearing something nice? It's just not worth it. But what I'm really saying is, I'm not worth it. But I like to have the nice sweater to look at it and daydream about the days when things will be less stressful and things will just all of a sudden fit back into place like we all daydream that they will be, right? But the reality is the only one I'm fooling here is myself because that's not how things work. Just wear the damn sweater, Megan. You'll feel better because you're actually taking care of yourself. You're feeling, you're putting on something that makes you feel good. The third observation that I have is we're never actually fulfilled with the things that we have. And this is huge. I was a marketing major in college and my very first job out of school was in advertising. I know the drill. These companies convince us of our inherent need to have things because they know that people subconsciously identify with things. And they deliver the message that our worth can be counted by the quantity and the price tag of our material belongings. In our culture, we're taught to glorify material goods, right? The more that we have and the more expensive the things are that we have, the more successful that we think we are. We see it all the time, by the way. Just look on the window. There's, <laughs> you see all examples of these, this concept. But we're never really satisfied. That's the thing. As soon as we actually get what we want, we find something else that we now want. Like, do you guys ever finally get something that you've wanted for a while and literally like within a few days, it loses its appeal? It's almost like the game of seeking out the object is what we really want. Like that's what's more important rather than the object itself. And the kicker here is that that trends, styles, technology all move so fast that there's always something new coming out as soon as we get whatever it is that we want. So there's this never ending cycle of spending, unfulfilling fulfillment that as I'm now calling it, when we get what we want, and that longing and desire for the next thing, right? So what are some tips that we can 
start to use to think about, to start to change our relationship to things. The first is pay attention to your relationship with stuff. Just dig a little deeper here. A good first step is to take a deep breath and really think about your relationship with stuff. Here's a couple of questions that you can ask yourself, okay? How much stuff do you have? Like, is it overwhelming you? Do you crave buying new things a lot? Do you go shopping to avoid like I do? Um, Or my favorite, do you do what we call retail therapy? So shopping when you're upset to make you feel better. I think it's really important to start exploring some of these things and having the awareness of our own behavior and our own thoughts around this. I've realized that our culture's obsession with material objects is oftentimes not always, oftentimes, a distraction from things that are more important but we don't want to deal with because they could be scary, right? Like having a difficult conversation, taking care of ourselves and our health, figuring out what really makes us happy, um, which is most likely not going to be the thrill of finding something on sale, right? I think when we start to look a little deeper into what we're really thinking when we engage in some of these activities, we can get some really good insight into ourselves and what's really going on. The second tip I have is to minimize your consumption of commercials and ads. Ooh, easier said than done in our world. But this is where boundaries come into play. We need to be mindful of the cultural messages that we're consuming on a daily basis, okay? So this includes social media. And sometimes it's really hard to delineate what's actual content on social media and what is just trying to sell you something. And this is because the marketing has gotten really good. A lot of the time, we're not even conscious of it, even when it's right in front of our face. The advertising that we consume every day is just continuing this cycle of consumerism that I described earlier. It encourages people to continue to purchase more products and services thereby attaining yet more material things, most of which we don't need. And and a tip from my marketing background that I want to give you guys. Advertisers use psychology to influence consumer behavior. They play on your emotions on purpose. This is why a washing machine commercial will play, or pray, as I'm thinking about it now, on a mother's need to do her laundry more efficiently in order to spend more time with her kids, right? So like, Of course, of course I feel guilty that I'm not spending as much time as I could with my kids because I'm pulled in a thousand directions. And a commercial like that is going to make me emotional because it's getting right to the core of what I'm really feeling. Just be aware, that's all. The third tip that I have is to collect more experiences, not more stuff. One interesting discovery in recent psychology research is that buying experiences is better than buying stuff. That new Apple Watch will eventually get old and lose its novelty value, but a memory can stay and can keep making us smile, right? So think about this. Experiences can actually help to shape our identity and give us more of a sense of purpose. As people, we are an accumulation of everything that we've seen, the things that we've done, the places that we've been not the things that we have or the the objects that we have. Our stuff doesn't give us the sense of connection that experiences can. The other thing is, 
experiences are fleeting, which is a good thing. How many of us have bought something that wasn't nearly as cool as we thought it would be? Once you buy it, it's right there in your face, reminding us of our disappointment. And even if this item was as great as expected, we can still get buyer's remorse. Like you could say to yourself, like, yeah, this is cool, but it probably wasn't worth the money if I spent a lot of money on it. We tend to not do that with experiences. The very fact that they last for only a short time is what makes us value them so much. And that's what life is all about, right? Like it's learning how to love all the fleeting moments, whether good or not so good. And it's all part of being human. So I hope these tips help. I hope this is this has been really insightful for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If anything in this episode resonates with you or someone you know, please feel free to share it with a friend. Um, and it would be awesome if you guys could write me a review of the podcast because the more reviews I get, the more people that I'm able to reach. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Money Isn't Scary. Thanks so much, guys.